nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So we've had a crazy few days in Formula 1. So we finally had the engine swap announcement which was long awaited and Kunal we had an unusual winner in Singapore Lewis Hamilton who Whoa. would have thought <laughs> <laughs> Hello 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 everyone yes the biggest beneficiary of the wait for it McLaren Honda Toro Rosso Renault Red Bull Carlos Sainz saga has to be Carlos Sainz Jr and Uh, you know we'll talk about it later in the podcast but before we move on to discuss singapore i really wonder if the promotion to renault will now mean that carlos sainz junior will still be called carlos sainz junior <laughs> <laughs> he's no longer a junior driver <laughs> but kunal i'm really glad that you've not lost any of your humor in the last two weeks where we didn't record an episode of the uh, podcast <laughs> and we have a long podcast today so yes please yes. save up all your humor and bring it out <laughs> yes i kept listening to fernando alonso's radio messages over the last few seasons to make sure that my humor quotient remains intact not to forget Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> as well. Well, I could have sworn that Fernando told me that he's been listening to our podcast for inspiration. So, okay. So guys, in this week's episode we're going to discuss Lewis Hamilton's 60th victory and it was a surprise victory in Singapore. Of course, we're going to talk about the Verstappen, Raikkonen, Vettel and Alonso actually crash. <laughs> and we're going to ask the very important question, do we have to blame someone for the crash in Singapore? We will also talk about the 2018 silly season, Robert Kubica and can Nico Rosberg, the reigning Formula 1 champion, influence uh Kubica's comeback bid to Formula 1? Hmm. And then we will talk about the other drivers, the other Sebastian Boemi does he really need to deserve does he really deserve to be in formula 1 and finally we're going to talk about the innovation that formula 1 is attempting to improve the fan experience so we've actually got a lot to talk about go get yourself a coffee or tea or whatever drink it is that you like and sit back and enjoy our podcast And while your beverage heats up, guys, you should subscribe to us on iTunes and Audio Boom for your weekly dose of Formula One. We're going to bring you news, views, and lots of humor. And a lot of times, or sometimes in the season, driver interviews. Yes, of course. So quickly on to Singapore. Brilliant drive by Lewis Hamilton. Tricky conditions, but who better than him in mixed conditions? And. He's lucky to have actually won in Singapore and go away with a 28 points lead when in fact he could have left with a larger deficit to Sebastian Vettel. Uh but maybe someone up there wants him to win this year's drivers championship. Lewis Hamilton destiny's child maybe. Yeah, and Lewis said that he wanted a miracle 
and guess what he got one i obviously i'm not talking about the famous crash i'm talking about the rain uh, lewis hamilton has won eight rain affected grand prix in the hybrid era he is a master when it comes to yes i i remember how michael schumacher used to be regarded as the the rain master and now of course you could say that it's lewis hamilton and i think he's uh, he's lost all but one rain affected grand prix in the hybrid era a uh, hybrid era but um also see it this way and i think hamilton has spoken about it too had lewis hamilton qualified any higher than p5 maybe he could have been involved or affected by the crash that happened just after the start of the singapore grand prix so destiny's child actually speaking yeah he got away very very lucky the question that maybe now a lot of lewis hamilton fans are asking is how soon can lewis win his fourth championship and you know now it's no longer about will he won't he how quickly <laughs> can he do it but like a cheeky fan reminded me on twitter hamilton is yet to register a dnf this season but hey you know what let things play out the way they do we really don't wish to jinx anyone in that championship bid <laughs> i also think lewis hamilton had his fair share of bad luck last season so maybe this year he's making up <laughs> but honestly there is a lot of truth in this so obviously pure speed and grit and performance all that is important but it's not going to win vettel the championship sebastian vettel needs lewis hamilton to strike some bad luck and you know there's no harm in saying this um okay <laughs> nikki lauda said the same thing a few weeks ago that for hamilton to overtake vettel they needed vettel to strike some bad luck and that's what happened in singapore Yes and I think it is time that fans stop trying to pin the blame on a single driver for that wretched crash because it was a wretch and mm-hmm. we had a car wreck after that and uh, of course most people have blamed Sebastian Vettel for swerving into Verstappen's path and triggering the crash but you know what here's the funny thing Verstappen did not crash into Vettel it was actually Kimi Raikkonen That's actually interesting and people blaming Vettel for swerving into Verstappen when actually it wasn't Verstappen who crashed into Vettel at all. <laughs> and like Hamilton said too, Vettel wouldn't have known that Raikkonen was actually to Verstappen's left. So, you know, either way Ferrari, Vettel and Raikkonen, a lot of people are forgetting that it was Kimi Raikkonen as well who were the biggest losers of this crash. So Ferrari and Vettel lost significant ground in the drivers championship because Vettel wanted to fight with Stappen, who's an insignificant player in this year's championship bid. And it's really sad because Kimi Raikkonen had such a brilliant start. I think he could have easily gotten a podium, but alas, it was not to be. I love what Kimi said after the race actually that the only thing he could have done to avoid the crash was to have a really bad start. <laughs> typically Kimi Raikkonen he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but i also think that sebastian vettel reacted the way he did even more so because it was max verstappen who he was dealing with the red bull prodigies i tell you <laughs> <laughs> and like you were saying kunal that while ferrari were quick to blame verstappen for the crash and they will continue to do so no doubt i am sure that if and when max verstappen is available for signing in 2019 or whenever it is they'll be the first ones at his doorstep with a multi multi million dollar contract <laughs> <laughs> such is the memory of formula 1 teams and who knows maybe wettel and verstappen will be teammates then <laughs> i can't wait 
Which then reminds me, Valtteri Bottas is now closer to Sebastian Vettel for P2 in the Drivers' Championship than Sebastian Vettel is to Lewis Hamilton for P1. And of course, Valtteri Bottas is eyeing that P2 slot oh so badly. Ooh, sneaky. <laughs> but you know, Bottas was so lucky to be on the podium in Singapore. He was horribly off the pace. And at uh, times like this, he actually reminds me how good Nico Rosberg was last season. Oh God, I don't think you should ever bring up Nico Rosberg stories because there are times when I really do miss him and Singapore <laughs> was one such race. But... Anyway, back to Red Bull Racing's prodigies. I read Benoit Parikh's comment, and he actually is a good blogger himself, that Ricciardo was a psychic. He was asked pre-race what his strategy was, and that he said that Max takes Sebastian out and I get a good result. That is eerie. (laughs) And that's actually what happened. I can't believe it. But Daniel Ricciardo, I think we were all waiting to see the pace that he would be able to unleash uh, from his Red Bull Racing car. And that was the same pace that we saw all through on Friday. Unfortunately, we did not get to see it in the race. I'm wondering if it was the race, uh, the track conditions that hampered Ricciardo's challenge for the lead. I don't know. (laughs) I I read Christian Horner's comments and he said that Ricciardo had a gearbox issue that actually held him back in the race. But, you know, like you rightly said, it was so funny. Every time Ricciardo went a little quicker than Hamilton... Almost everyone reacted saying, oh my God, here's Ricciardo beginning his charge for the lead of the race. But it never came by. It never came. He was never close enough. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, seventh podium of this season for Daniel Ricciardo, his fourth podium in Singapore. And out of these seven podiums in 2017, Kunal, six of them have been when Max Verstappen has retired. (laughs) That's some crazy statistic. And, you know, the other score that he's ahead of um, when compared to Max Verstappen, at least for now, is that of farting in a press conference, an <laughs> official FIA press conference. I can't believe he did that. But <laughs> well, Valtteri Bottas has to be believed. <laughs> well, I love that guy. He's so down to earth and normal. <laughs> it is normal to yeah. fart, I'm guessing. But <laughs> anyway... So, Max Verstappen has raced fewer laps this season than Fernando Alonso. And that is some really funny statistic that I've been reading of late. And now, Max Verstappen has as many points in the championship as Sergio Perez. (laughs) So, they're basically equal on points. And that's the strangest thing ever. (laughs) They're equal on points, but unequal on frustration, I'm guessing. Max (laughs) must be really frustrated under that helmet. And what I actually found stranger was... That uh, Alonso was taken out and he had this airborne 360 degree spin and it was actually ridiculous because he was third by the first corner and then boom, two cars that were tangled into each other just took him out and just such strange luck for Fernando Alonso. I loved his Instagram post though, Singapore Airlines. (laughs) (laughs) And McLaren also ran out of data from Alonso's car. Kunal, I'm pretty sure they still use Windows. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, McLaren have signed up Wipro, an Indian IT company, as their technological partner. And I think I will just write to their chairman, Azim Premji, about Alonso's car's data logging issue and how Wipro has to avoid it from happening next race onwards. (laughs) I'm just glad that McLaren have finally added a partner to their already depleted list. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) So let's quickly wrap up the Singapore Grand Prix and then talk about the 
McLaren Honda, Toro Rosso, Renault and Carlos Sainz Saga. I don't know if there's an acronym for it because <laughs> I, I, I run out of breath each time I have to say. <laughs> I think you should come up for an acronym while I talk about Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> so, so close. He almost let Sutil keep his record and he almost snuck onto the podium actually. But unfortunately, it was not to be yet another driver with horrible, horrible luck. So he's gone, what, 129 races without a podium. That is Yo, a crazy I record. Know. <laughs> but Carlos Sainz Jr., Stoffel Van Doon and Jolyon Palmer, three drivers with fantastic luck in this incident-filled race, they registered their career best finishes. Fourth for Sainz, sixth for Palmer and seventh for Stoffel Van Doon. Yeah, and uh, you know, in fact, the live timing screens, they still say that Palmer won the race. <laughs> I think he feels like he won the race, you know, finishing in six. You know, here's the strange thing. Even if he won in Singapore, we don't know if he's going to line up on the grid in Malaysia. We'll talk about this when we speak about the silly season. But guess what? Jolly and Palmer had a transponder issue on his car, which is why the live timing screens showed him as first. So basically, he had yet another race where his car had an issue, but he still managed to score points, which were also his first points of the season. Well, I'm really happy for him, but a little too late. Unfortunately, Renault has already made up their mind for next season. Force India, double points. Sergio Perez in fifth place. Esteban Ocon in tenth place. Sergio Perez is re-signed with the team, which is good news for the driver, but better news for the team. They get to keep all his sponsors for one more season. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're happy about that. But Force India, they're planning to change the name and, you know, it seems to be that they could be considering Force Racing. Ouch. And yeah, really, <laughs> I don't like that name at all in case you guys are listening. I'm wondering, Kunal, why they don't run like a fan-fueled contest or something to choose their new name. <laughs> Well, I am at least glad that they heard what we said a few episodes ago. That Force One Formula One team just sounded a little weird. What's even more weird is FOF1, which would be the acronym for the team. So, <laughs> as long as it's not FOF1. <laughs> Kunal's only thinking in terms of acronym, guys. <laughs> anyway, double points for the team and they're safe in fourth place. Which is good news for them. Also, Kunal, only 12 drivers actually finished in Singapore and 8 teams scored points. The only teams that didn't score points were Ferrari and Sauber. Yes, and since you speak of not scoring points, I would like to uh, specifically point out the case of Kevin Magnussen and Felipe Massa. They were the first ones to switch to slicks on a drying track. And I thought that was a good call and I thought they'll be up for good points haul. But guess what? Both those drivers did not score points. So were the only two drivers to have not scored points in <laughs> Very <Singapore>. interesting. <laughs> I wonder what Magnuson had to say after the race. <laughs> we'll, we'll actually censor our thoughts. <laughs> so Lance Stroll, he qualified 18th, but he finished 8th. And now he's only three points behind Felipe Massa in the championship. Wow. That was actually a remarkable recovery by Lance Stroll because... Uh, he's also no longer the butt of our jokes on this podcast. He has redeemed himself in our eyes. That is an achievement. <laughs> so here's the question. Will Massa renew with Williams or will Williams renew with Massa, whichever way uh, it goes? Or will they sign up Paul Duresta or even Robert Kubica for that matter? Well, I know that Kubica is now being managed by Nico Rosberg. And he's a former Williams driver. I'm not sure if that could be of any help, but why not? Okay, so... On this note, we'll switch to the silly season. 
But uh, any last comments about Singapore? Yes, yes, yes. So Kunal, I'm going to talk about how we have four more years of Singapore. They've been around for ten years already, and now they've signed a contract extension. I love Singapore. It's a great race under the lights. And this was the first time that we had a re- wet race in Singapore. So yeah. definitely a challenge. Can you imagine? We had to wait ten years for a wet race in Singapore. Yeah, and here's the key statistic on Singapore. So in the last ten years that the race has been around, no team has ever scored a one-two. That's wow. an interesting statistic. Yes, I'm surprised that Mercedes also has it. But anyway, it's not known to be a Mercedes track. And I actually have one more uh, Singapore statistic, which is of course for Ferrari. So while Singapore is a Ferrari favored track, I think it's also their Achilles' heels when it comes to the drivers' championship battle. Because if you remember back in two thousand and eight, it was at the Singapore Grand Prix and the result uh, of the crash gate that saw Felipe Massa lose the race actually cost him the drivers' championship that season. And I wonder if the two thousand and seventeen result could or might just cost Sebastian Vettel the title as well. That's interesting, Kunal. Yeah, and you know, news about the renewal. I actually heard that Singapore used a quit threat to reduce their race hosting fees, and I think that's pretty smart. <laughs> you know, had we had been in the Ecclestone era, Sunday would have possibly been the last Singapore Grand Prix ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on to the 2018 drivers' silly season. The only seats that are vacant are the two seats at Sauber and the two seats at Toro Rosso, and one. At Williams, and actually one at McLaren as well, but you know who that seat is obviously <laughs> reserved for. So that's like five or maybe six seats, and probably fifty drivers who are eyeing them. Uh, a few on talent, a lot of them on sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one driver I would love to see on the grid next year is obviously Robert Kubica. I think Williams could do without Massa, and Kubica brings in the experience and probably more speed. So yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's probably. Good because you know we've seen how Lance Stroll has evolved through the season as well, and he's only going to get better. And uh, I would love to see Charles Leclerc and Antonio Giovinazzi on the grid next season, and I think they could probably come at the cost of uh, Marcus Ericsson, who I don't think I'll miss too much, and Pascal Wehrlein, who Mercedes seem to have forgotten as their junior driver. And let's remember, he's actually had a good season. He's the only one who scored points at Sauber, but I don't think there's vacancy for him right Poor now. Poor guy. And Ferrari clearly seems to be working hard for their juniors, though. Yes, I think both their junior drivers will be Sauber drivers next season. And uh, yes, there are two seats vacant at Toro Rosso, which could mean a promotional call for Pierre Gasly. Finally, he is the 2016 GP2 champion, and uh, strangely, an extension for Danny Kivat because no other junior driver in the Red Bull ladder. Is probably ready for a call up to Formula One. So Kivat is just getting luckier, even though he unluckily got bumped off last season. <laughs> I'm also wondering what's going to happen to Jolyon Palmer. Not that I actually care, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so Jolyon learned of his sacking via the internet, and Kunal, that's not new in Formula One. I think Kevin Magnussen had something similar happen to him a few seasons ago. <laughs> I think teams just don't care about the driver once they've decided to sack him. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, like in Red Bull Racing's case, so Sebastian Buemi, uh, Renault's Alan Prost certainly thinks that he deserves to be in Formula One. Yeah, Buemi was—I uh, remember Red Bull Racing's junior driver. I can't remember if he actually got a call up to uh, Red Bull. I don't think he did. But 
Anyway, I, my most recent memory of Buemi is his expletive-laden pit lane tantrum in the last Formula E race of the season. And this is also why I think he's perfect for Formula 1. He has the speed and he can be dramatic. <laughs> and Formula 1 loves Sebastians. <laughs> you know, but it has been reported that Palmer has been offered money to vacate the seat for signs as early as Malaysia. And uh, I'm just wondering if he should do it. Kunal, what do you think? So if I were Jolly and Palmer, I would keep the seat because I don't know when next in my life would I ever get to drive a Formula One car. And uh, to earn money, I could always race another series. You know, Kunal, you should totally relay that advice to Palmer because <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. And finally, we're going to talk about the McLaren, Renault, Toro Rosso, Honda, Red Bull, Science Saga. Kunal, have you thought of an acronym yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you had to say it at least once this episode. (laughs) And that's finally unfolded after FP1 in Singapore. Exciting stuff. Yes, so Carlos Sainz Jr. is definitely the biggest beneficiary from this episode. He's getting a quicker car next season and a quicker teammate to showcase his potential while the others are actually scampering around or scampered around for the third and the fourth slowest engines in Formula 1. Well, the key word for science is that he's on loan to Renault. And this means that if Verstappen or Ricciardo move to a rival team for 2019, Red Bull could potentially recall him. That's a brilliant place to be in for Carlos Sainz. This is almost like football, you know, where teams loan players to each other. (laughs) Anyway, McLaren, Renault. So Alonso is yet to commit to this deal, obviously, but it's only expected that he will. In fact, McLaren chose Alonso over Honda. So I don't think they'd have done that if he was going to leave anyway. (laughs) (laughs) McLaren, Renault will actually help the business of McLaren F1 as well. They'll actually start finishing races, score some points, earn prize money, which is crucial. And... uh, Probably score podiums occasionally, maybe even that surprise win uh, or surprise wins if the front teams in the running crash out. Who knows? Yeah, there's lots to hope for. And Kunal, like you pointed out about their business. So sponsors have been leaving the team left, right, centre, all directions. (laughs) The Renault engines will at least keep the business going. Yes, and I can tell you the loss of Mobile One and Tag Heuer, two of the team's oldest partners would have really hurt McLaren. And uh, honestly, I still don't see McLaren winning a championship as a customer to Renault. And I think they'll have to wait till 2021 when the new engine regulations are out. As for Fernando Alonso, his deal with McLaren will most definitely include uh, him being allowed to race in Le Mans and the Indy 500. Because he's pretty clear that while uh, wins might not come his way in Formula 1... He wants to aim for the Triple Crown. Yeah, so I'm just hoping that the FIA doesn't have dates clashing for the Le Mans and the Indy 500 with the F1 races. Because that would be a huge bummer for us. And McLaren, actually. Actually, for Fernando yeah. Alonso. <laughs> and uh, Toyota have already shown interest in Fernando Alonso's services for next year's Le Mans attempt. So they've called dibs on Alonso <laughs> racing for them. And uh, with Porsche actually out of the way from... The 24 hours of Le Mans. Maybe winning the Le Mans might actually be easier in the LMP1 category with the Toyota. But again, let's remember, it's a Toyota we're talking about. They know exactly how to lose races that they should actually be winning. Kunal, big ouch. (laughs) I'm going to move on. So Kunal, in this engine and driver swap episode though, Red Bull Racing might just be the biggest loser of them all. 
So reports say that Renault have indicated a no supply to Red Bull Racing from the 2019 season. And if that's the case, I would see Verstappen and Ricciardo both being desperate to move to another team. Yes, and uh, after years of bitching about Renault's incapabilities in the hybrid era, it seems that Renault have had enough and they're keen to pull the plug on Red Bull Racing, which could then mean that Red Bull's only options for 2019 might be Honda. And frankly, by putting Honda engines in the Toro Rosso, Maybe that's what was actually on Red Bull's mind. So basically, Renault has called Red Bull Racing's bluff. (laughs) (laughs) Red Bull Racing know what they're getting with Renault. And uh, there's probably no harm in giving Honda a shot as well. And by then, hopefully, Honda would have sorted their issues out. But if they don't, Kunal, I fear for Red Bull Racing's junior driver program. They'll have talented drivers who might not be able to showcase their talent only thanks to Honda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this reminds me of Stoffel Vandoon for some reason. Or for that matter, Kevin Magnussen or even Sergio Perez. I mean, they were lucky they got second chances in Formula 1 after their McLaren debacles. Yeah, and I suspect the Fernando Alonso theory will come to Toro Rosso's benefit. The Honda engine would deliver. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thanks to the engine politics in Formula 1, Red Bull Racing and McLaren, the two iconic privateer teams might find the next few seasons unfairly difficult to compete in. Uh, This is probably where uh, rumours of Porsche's interest in buying out Red Bull Racing, uh, where Red Bull's involvement could be limited as to a sponsor, may just come true. But Kunal, do you think Formula 1 should work hard to keep Red Bull Racing invested in the sport as they currently are, or Red Bull in this case? I think so, but uh, let's remember the solutions to keep Honda uh, would be different than the ones needed to keep Red Bull. But either way, the marketing value that the Red Bull brand would bring to the sport and is already bringing the and is already bringing to the sport is unparalleled. And I hope that Dietrich. Matejus decides to stay invested in Formula 1 like he is now. Yeah, well, I really hope that Formula 1 finds a way to keep Red Bull racing in the sport and not just Red Bull. But Kunal, finally, as we near the end of this podcast, let's take a quick look at the decisions Formula 1 has taken with an eye to the future. So firstly, along with Tata, they beamed a live 360-degree video view of the Singapore Grand Prix. Which was very cool. Yeah, it sounds so cool. And I think the only way you could currently view it is probably an app. Because I don't know if televisions are capable of beaming a 360 degree live view. But guess what? That could also mean that fans and pundits and everyone else would now have a 360 degree view of the Verstappen, Raikkonen and Vettel crash. And that means that we can debate it only that much more. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, fans can now have a 360-degree view of Fernando Alonso's 360-degree (laughs) maneuver. I read that shark fins are here to stay in 2018. And that's like a WEC car that could probably be racing. Because once you put the halo on and with those shark fins, that's like a half WEC looking Formula 1 car, at least in my view. And finally, the FI wants to champion driverless cars for the role of the safety car. And I think a certain Mr. Maylander is going to be unemployed pretty soon. (laughs) Ouch. You know, first, Formula One did not give him a break. And uh, now they want to take his only job away. And I I don't think that's pretty fair, you know. (laughs) Well, I wonder who will give track feedback if there's a driverless safety car doing the laps. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, what would be worse is to put 
burn Maylander in the car and then having it run on autopilot. Ouch, for a racer. <laughs> <laughs> but what could actually be fun is imagine having an autonomous racing car, a driverless racing car and putting fans inside the car just when they are leading Lewis Hamilton uh, in the race. That would be absolute <laughs> fun. And that's enough of our crazy ideas about Formula 1. Thank you so much for tuning in. We told you that this episode would be long and it has actually been a little long but by formula 1 standards we're just a quarter of the 2 hour limit so we will see you next week thank you If you look around you'll see the world can be pretty smart Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.